This morning we'll take our text from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. We'll read just two verses, verses 14 and 15. Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Sometimes little things can cause a great deal of damage. It's been proven and even documented that a 12-pound Canadian goose can bring down an enormous jetliner. That goose is sucked up in that engine on takeoff and processed through that engine. It can cause an engine to fail. And we know of accounts where that plane had to make a crash landing, even though that jetliner weighs thousands of tons. We've probably learned or studied in school or later about the power of an atom, how small it is. Yet we know when that atom is divided into the destructive power that it possesses is indescribable. So we know sometimes little things can cause a great deal of damage. Well, the Bible mentions one of those things here in this text. It speaks about a root of bitterness. You know, this is something that can start out so small But over time, it can do some serious harm. So with the Lord's help this morning, we'll consider this root of bitterness. We'll look at its cause, what causes it, the effects of it, and what the cure for bitterness is. The text tells us there's four things that bitterness will do. It will keep us from being holy, which we know without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. It tells us that bitterness will cause us to fail of the grace of God. That means we will fall short of God's forgiveness and grace in our own lives and will also fall short of granting grace and forgiveness to others. It's a terrible place to be, to fall short of the grace of God. It also tells us that this bitterness will trouble us and it will defile others. What are some characteristics of a bitter person? You know, I heard a bitter person compared to a porcupine. So they may have a lot of fine points, but you can't get near them because they're prickly, they're hypersensitive, they're hard to uh, get close to. Bitter people have been compared to icebergs. They're very distant, very cool. They don't give off a lot of warm fuzzies. You don't get close to a bitter person. They hold grudges. They're ungrateful, unforgiving. They're insincere, moody, defensive, critical, self-righteous. This could go on, but we get the idea. Bitter people are not happy people. You won't find bitterness mentioned among the fruits of the Spirit. So bitterness is something that we want to avoid. Well, what causes bitterness? You know, the Word of God describes it as a root of bitterness. You know, a root has to begin with a seed. A root can't take place and flourish until a seed is planted. So what is the seed of bitterness that causes that root to take off and grow? You know, the seed always begins with hurt feelings. 
or maybe in an offense being taken. That's where the seed begins with this root of bitterness. Bitterness has been described as a harbored hurt hidden in the heart. You know, sometimes those hurts may be intentional. The world is full of mean people who have no problem offending others. Maybe that hurt is unintentional. Somebody may have offended us and they have no idea that they've even done anything wrong. Sometimes that hurt may be imagined. Nothing has been done wrong to us, yet somehow in our mind we think something has been committed against us. I remember reading a story about a woman one time who was at an airport waiting for her flight. It had been delayed, so she bought a magazine and a package of cookies and was waiting in the terminal for the plane to come in. And as she was sitting there reading her magazine, she heard the rustling of that package of cookies being opened. And she looked next to her, and there was a man sitting next to her. There was a seat in between them, but he was helping himself to a cookie. And she was offended by this. She thought, how dare he? He didn't even ask. So she grabbed the cookie out of that package and stuffed it in her mouth and gave him a dirty look, hoping he would get the message. But he didn't pay her any attention at all. Just a short time later, she heard him reaching for another cookie. This really upset her, so she grabbed the entire package and grabbed all those cookies and started to stuff them in her mouth. And she left one cookie in that package and put it on that seat. Well... After a while, the man reached for that one last cookie and he broke it in half. And he put half of that cookie back in that package. This time she was so angry, it says she grabbed the empty package with a half cookie and crammed it in her purse. Then to her shock, she noticed that there in her purse was her unopened package of cookies. Well, she made a faulty assumption. She assumed an offense had been committed that had never even happened. But you know, that's where bitterness begins. Jesus warns us about offenses, and he warns us about the potential for hurt feelings. Luke 17, verse 1. These were Jesus' own words. He was speaking to his disciples. He was speaking to Christians here. He said, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto them through whom they come. In other words, what Jesus was saying here was offenses are going to come. Opportunities to be hurt are going to come. That's just a part of life. We live in a fallen world. Hurts will come. Make sure we're not the one that causes that offense, at least not intentionally. But you know the Lord has much to say about the one being offended. He doesn't just warn against the offender, but he warns against the one that is easily offended in that same chapter, verse 3. He says, take heed to yourselves. Again, he was speaking to the disciples. He didn't say, take heed to that one who offended you, but take heed to yourselves. He says, if a man trespasses against you, if a brother trespasses against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. In other words, what Jesus was saying here was, don't give this thing a chance to take root. Take care of it right away. Go to that brother. Be willing and able and anxious to forgive. Jesus talked about that stony ground and the parable of the sower and the seed. He talked about that as a type of person who uh, hears the Word of God gladly and they receive it gladly. They're an emotional hearer. 
But it says, by and by, they lack depth. And so eventually, tribulation and offenses come, and it says, by and by, they're offended, and they fall away. So Jesus is warning here, not just to the offender, but to the offended. You know, that heart that is shallow and stony or easily offended, that's the perfect soil for the seed to be able to be planted and to begin to grow in. So the Lord warns us, don't be easily offended. You know, I was studying a little bit. There are actually two types, two major types of root systems. There's a tap root and there's a fibrous root. That tap root, they send roots that go straight down and then go down very deep. One type of desert plant, it says they could send down a tap root over 150 feet deep. The deeper they go, the harder they are to pull up. The taproot will follow the water, so oftentimes it's that taproot that will disrupt a main water line that feeds a building or a residence, and it will cut off that water supply or cause that water to be contaminated. And you have a fibrous root system. This root doesn't go so deep, but it spreads out. It's like tentacles. They go out and they kind of spread out wherever they go, and they often choke the life out of every other root that gets in its way. You know, that type of root, they can break up a foundation. Well, this root of bitterness possesses both types of root system. Those roots can go deep. They can be far-reaching. They can disrupt that flow of living water between us and the Lord if we let it get down to where that water is, and it can break up a foundation, choke the life out of everything around it. That's why the Bible says, warns us, it will trouble you and defile others. It has far-reaching effects. So we understand the cause is from a seed that's planted in fertile soil. What are the effects of bitterness? Well, bitter roots produce bitter fruits. It can't be any other way. The Bible tells us, Luke 6.43 Again, Jesus' own words, he says, A good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. So we know bitter roots will produce bitter fruits. Bitterness affects a person physically. There's been many case studies about bitterness and unforgiveness and the effects it can have on the physical body, which really shouldn't surprise us. We're we're created body, soul, and spirit, but bitterness has a negative effect physically. It's been likened to certain cardiovascular problems, weakened immune systems, even certain autoimmune diseases are linked to bitterness and unforgiveness. We know that Bitterness can result in all kinds of digestive issues, indigestion and ulcers. These are all linked to bitterness and unforgiveness. You know, even some of the researchers and experts have come up with a new name now for prolonged bitterness. It is PTED, post-traumatic embitterment disorder, PTED. Well, we don't need the medical experts to tell us about this. God's Word tells us it will affect us physically. 
Proverbs 15.13 says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of heart the spirit is broken. It says, A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy is the rottenness of the bones, and envy is an outcropping of bitterness. Job 21.25 says, Another dieth in the bitterness of his soul, never eating with pleasure. Bitterness can even keep a guy from enjoying a good meal. So it's an awful thing. But you know what's worse is the way that it can affect us spiritually. That's why he said, Beware, look diligently, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you. Who pays the highest price for your bitterness? You do. says it will trouble you. Think about it. You have this person and you're locking them in this debtor's prison in your heart and your mind. You're guarding that door 24 hours a day, making sure that person can't possibly get out of there. Meanwhile, that person's walking around scot-free, doesn't even realize he's done anything wrong, and you're imprisoning yourself with that bitterness. It's been said, bitterness does more damage to the vessel in which it is stored than to anyone on which it is poured. That's true. Bitterness and unforgiveness affects us. It imprisons us. Bitterness leads to ungratefulness and unthankfulness. How could you possibly be grateful to God for what He's done for you and be bitter about what somebody's done to you? You know, bitter water and sweet water, they can't be produced from the same well. One will contaminate the other. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, we read about some of these bitter fruits that are produced here. It says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. You notice this list begins with bitterness. That's because that's where all the problems begin, with bitterness. And these other things mentioned are just a manifestation of a bitter heart. It mentions wrath. Wrath is that vengeful anger, retribution. Have you ever heard somebody say, I can't wait to get even? Maybe you've said it yourself a few times. I can't wait to get even with that person. What happens when we get even with somebody? You know, to get even with them means we have to bring ourselves down to their level. That person that's offended you, that's acted so shamefully and reproachfully, you want to get even with them, you get down on their level. God help us, we can rise above that, but that's what wrath will do. Anger, clamor. Noisy shouting, arguing. Of course, we know that leads to evil speaking. That is a manifestation of bitterness. Backbiting and slander. Those things are a manifestation of a bitter heart. You know, bitter people can be very generous. They're more than willing to share in their bitterness. That's where that evil speaking comes from. They're offended. They want everybody to know it. And they want to know who offended them. And the more they feed that bitterness, the more that bitterness continues to grow. The more they talk about it and tell others, rather than getting better, they get more bitter. It doesn't help a thing. 
And finally, we know it says it leads to malice. That's a desire to cause pain or injury or to distress to somebody else. So we can see bitterness is an awful thing. The effects are terrible. Somebody said bitterness and the desire to make someone else pay, it's like taking rat poison and hoping that that rat will die. These are the bitter fruits of a bitter root. So we know the cause of bitterness and the effects. What is the cure for bitterness? Well, many don't even realize that they're bitter. Or maybe people realize they're bitter and they don't know why. You know, we have to understand that that root is underground. It's not always visible right away. But the Lord can reveal it to us. If you're struggling spiritually, maybe you're having a hard time connecting with the Lord. Maybe you feel like your prayers are dry and you're feeling out of disfellowship with the saints of God. You know, it it could be there may be some bitterness in your heart, but you know what? The Lord can reveal that to us. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So we can ask the Lord to reveal it. We can also ask him to remove it. We can't take care of this on our own, but God can help and give grace. Psalm 51, verse 10 through 12. Another prayer by David. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. So the Lord can reveal it. We can ask him to remove it. You know, we can do those things. We can ask him to reveal it. We can ask him to remove it. But we have to be willing to release it. We have to be willing to let the Lord take that from us. Again, this isn't something we can fix ourselves. Sometimes those pains and those hurts run so deep, there's no way we could do it in our own strength, but God offers to help us. You know, I was thinking about a testimony somebody shared with me just a few days ago. They've been faithfully serving the Lord for many, many years. When they were younger one time, they were at church and they were involved in the work of the Lord, just doing their best, just trying to faithfully serve the Lord. And somebody a few years older said something very critical to them, very hurtful, completely unprovoked. And this person says they just stood there. They, they didn't even know how to respond because they were so upset. They just, it was uncalled for by another brother in the church. And they said immediately they felt that bitterness and that resentment take hold in their heart. And this was after church one night and they got in their car to drive home and they said on the freeway, the Lord began to deal with them about that thing. And he just showed them you need to get that thing taken care of. In just about 10 minutes' time, they realized this thing was growing very fast in their hearts. So they just called out to the Lord and they said, Lord, help me. Help me to forgive. And they did that. They chose to forgive. They let that thing go. And right away, those feelings were gone. This was 
Well over 30 years ago, those feelings never came back. You know, the other brother wasn't probably didn't even realize he'd done anything. But that's how quickly this thing can take hold. But God can help us to let that thing go. We know that repentance can remove bitterness. Again, in our scripture reading, we read about Simon the sorcerer. This man had used sorcery and bewitched the people, held a great deal of power over these people for many years. But we know Philip came preaching the things of God and preaching Christ. And it said many in that city believed on Jesus and were baptized. All of a sudden, Simon lost his grip, his power over these people. But it said in time, even he believed and was baptized. But as he was following the disciples around there and watching as they laid hands on certain believers and they would receive the Holy Spirit, he realized these men had a power he didn't have. And I imagine that old envy probably got down his heart and that old bitterness just took root. Thought, why can't I have this power for myself? And so he offered to buy it with money. That's when he got that scathing rebuke from Peter. I said, you're going to perish with your money. You have no lot or part in this matter. He says, I perceive thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. It's an awful place to be. He was no better off than he was before. He was on his way to hell. And he was warned about it because of that bitterness that had taken over. But you know, even in that condition, Simon was offered a way out. Peter told him, repent. Pray that the Lord will forgive the thoughts of thine heart. You know, if your life is entangled with bitterness, maybe it's gone from being a small root and it's consumed you, you can repent. You can ask the Lord to take that from you. The Lord will be faithful to do that. We know repentance leads to forgiveness. Our repentance to Christ leads to His forgiveness in our lives. But then we, in turn, are called to extend that same forgiveness to others. The Bible tells us if we, for, if we withhold forgiveness from others, we will forsake our own forgiveness and our own salvation. Jesus said, if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. You know, we want to live life forgiving so we can leave this life forgiven one day. You know, to fail of the grace of God, that's the worst place anybody could ever find themselves, but it doesn't need to be that way. You know, when you forgive, you set two people free, the prisoner and the captive, or the jailer and the prisoner, they both go free. You release that person from your bitterness and you release yourself from that bitterness. Maybe you don't feel like you can forgive somebody. Maybe the hurt's too deep. You can't do it for your own sake. Well, you know what? You can do it for Christ's sake. Word of God tells us, it says, forgive one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. You know, no matter what someone has done to us, it'll never compare with what Christ has done for us. No amount of hurt will compare with the price that Christ paid Jesus suffered. He knows what you're going through. He felt every bit of pain you've ever felt. It said He bore our transgressions. He he was wounded for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. By His stripes we are healed. You know, when we repent of our sins, Christ forgives us 
of our sins. He takes those sins upon himself. But you know what? He also takes the transgressions and the sins that others have committed against us, and he can take those things on himself as well, on himself. It says, cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. The Lord can do that. The Lord can help you. I remember one other story about Corey Tinboom. You've probably heard this story before, but she'd gone through the Nazi death camps and had actually survived. Tragically, the rest of her family had perished in those camps during World War II. And, and Corey and her family, they were actually Dutch, but they had hidden some of the Jews during World War II. And when the Nazis came in, they were caught and they paid a horrible price for hiding the Jews. But in that prison there, she found the Lord and she happened to be in a place called Ravensbrook with her sister Betsy. But through all that, somehow God helped her and he gave her grace and they suffered some terrible things in that camp, especially her sister Betsy, especially at the hands of one particular guard. He was extremely cruel and sadistic. And her sister ended up actually dying in large part, she believes, at the hands of that guard. But somehow through all of that, God got her out of that. And several years later, she was traveling around the country and she ended up going to Germany. And she was speaking to a church about forgiveness. And after the meeting, this man approached her. You know who it was. That old prison guard. She said that memory of that man was completely etched in her mind. She could never forget his face. He didn't recognize her. And as he approached her, he told her, I've done, I've done some horrible things in my life. I've committed some atrocities that I can never make right, but Jesus has forgiven me. And he said, I want you to forgive me. And he held out his hand, and she said as she stood there, this coldness just gripped her heart, and she, she thought there's no way I can forgive this man, but she said she realized that the will can act independent of the emotions. So she said just woodenly and mechanically, she reached her hand out to that man, and she was crying out in her heart, Jesus, help me, help me. The Lord helped her. She said she gripped that man's hand and an amazing thing happened. She said it was like a bolt of electricity that just came down through her. The Spirit of the Lord came in and He filled her heart. She began in her shoulders and it went through her arms, extended to this man. She said it was like being bathed in the love of Christ. And she said she looked him in the eye. She said, I forgive you with all my heart. She said, I never, ever experienced love like that. You know, it says when we forgive, we're the most like Christ. When we forgive, the Lord can help you. The Lord wants to help you. Whatever it is, if you're struggling with bitterness, or maybe it's just beginning and you realize it, let the Lord take care of it today. The Lord will replace it with something far better. You can leave being bitter. You can leave better. He can give you the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. These things, that's what the Lord could put in place of that bitterness. If you're willing to let Him do it, He'll help you today. Let's sing page 193. These altars are open.